little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hi, I'm Scott Clapson. Welcome to A Million Drops. We are here today with Charles Malky, our gardening educator. Welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being here. You came to A Million Drops. How did you find out about A Million Drops? So I found out about A Million Drops through my company, Ivory Organics, and Sheila Irani, who lives in the Hollywood Hills and knows what I've been doing um, with our products and applying it throughout Los Angeles and in community efforts. And she saw that I love teaching Mm-hmm. And she saw the value that I could probably bring something. And specifically, she just wanted me to plant um, some areas that were barren on this property here at A Million Drops and to bring some more food that can be enjoyed by those participants. Yeah, it's really cool. We've done a few things. Well, we've gotten the garden here at Hollywood Adventist Church where A Million Drops is. Yeah. We've gotten that garden space revived and we've there's new beds that have been built. and So we got to revive through winter, which is the worst time to be right. doing anything. But we are now it's beautiful. weeks away. If you think this is beautiful, within the next few weeks, we'll be bringing in the tomatoes and the peppers and okay. the squash. And we've got passion fruit that we started the cuttings on. And even you helped me out with some of those cuttings that we... Um, create a passion oh, fruit vine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But those will now all be going in the ground within the next few weeks, and we'll get to like enjoy the benefits of those so much more. And, and we've even brought fruit trees. We planted avocados. We planted an olive tree. We've got an apple tree to still put in the ground, and there's room for about six or seven more fruit trees where, again, our participants can benefit the value of having the highest nutrition, the best organic, most nutritional foods, here at a million drops. That is really super rad. Yeah, I forgot about the passion fruit. That's that was a fun day propagating. Yeah. I've learned so much and as I'm very passionate about gardening and just as we we're talking before we pressed record about the difference in the taste between food that is grown like in the space where you are versus food that, you know, and the food system conversation is probably a whole different podcast but like talk can you speak to that like what the difference is like how different does it taste so the taste of food when harvested on your property and enjoy the same day as you're eating what i like calling is living food all of the nutrients and macronutrients and the vitamins and all of the nutrition that help fuel the body and and basically fight disease the antioxidants and all the benefits again that come in food are peaked when you pick it and enjoy it the same day. And with it, you're enjoying obviously better flavors. The food you're getting at your supermarket has been harvested days ago, weeks ago, and a lot of those fruits, including some bananas and apples, could be sitting on the store shelf for over a month. And and ever since it's harvested, what that fruit and those vegetables are doing is they're, they're dying. And, and with it, they're losing flavor and obviously the health benefits that come with those foods. Yeah. So it would be really beneficial for someone maybe that's on food stamps and is used to shopping at 7-Eleven and using their EBT card and they're getting a lot of processed things or things like that. I know I certainly, you know, having access to fresh kale that I helped grow or passion fruit or whatever that I've helped grow. Um, So two benefits. I mean, one, obviously, to offset your food stamps. And here mm -hmm. you've got now a free resource of food that you've grown from your own property, you know, just adding water. That's one is to offset the cost. But the second 
um, I would say greater value is the medicinal value of having a healthy homegrown fruits and vegetables and the, the health benefits that that brings you is far greater than the savings and money um, that you get you know, from offsetting your food stamps. So I would say the nutritional value is of the highest importance for growing things on your own property. Yeah. What's been the funnest part for you? Because you've been coming now for a while. You've been coming for about like four or five months? Yeah, I would say sometime in the fall. And yeah. here we are now approaching spring. Yeah. And you've been <laughs> coming consistently every week. Yeah. You've been showing up. Even when it was just a couple of us, you showed up. Uh, and we kind of retooled it a little bit. And you're now we're kind of doing some theory stuff as it's colder outside, right? And it's been rainy as well. And yeah. you've showed up even on rainier, wetter days. You've been here. I'm here if, if, if I'm here. My goal is always to put in, you know, at least that one hour a week. Yeah. And I said, as long as there's one person, I'm going to keep showing up. So, yeah. And, 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 and so we've got through, you know, those days where there's little attendance. But just right now, earlier this afternoon, when I put in my hour for the week, I don't know how many people was in that room. Um, at least fifteen to twenty people that we got Easily. to educate. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's so today I'm on a natural high, just being in front of all of those people and, and and the enthusiasm and the participation that everybody shows. Yeah, that's what's amazing to me is how well because you have the class structured really well. It's like ten weeks. We're in week, week four. Yeah, you said we we just concluded today week four, and yeah, we're, the goal is ten weeks where we'll cover ten specific separate gardening topics. Where at the end of it, my goal with each of the participants is that you will be more knowledgeable in plant care than ninety percent of those people working in garden centers or whatever relating to plant care. But you'll understand fertilizers, watering, soil, um, living soils, um, just all of the different you know, propagating, cloning, grafting, on and on and on. So many lessons to, um, you know, to, to basically go over. But the goal is you'll be in the high 90 percentiles upon conclusion of these 10 weeks and with the quizzes that I share with all the participants at the end of each one of these classes. Home Depot, I got my eyes on you. I'm coming for a garden. Home Depot's job. across the street. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, I was just talking to somebody about that. Uh, and I've just been thinking about, you know, um, different ways that, you know, I can make a living with skills that I have. And that's one of the things is my knowledge base. I'm going to say it's not just Home Depot, even the most skilled, let's say, of garden centers, such as Armstrong, um, being that they're another local one that, you know, prides themselves on knowledge um, or um, those in the cannabis industry. And, okay. and that's a booming um, business as well. I'm seeing a lot of people, for example, and this is one of our lessons that we discussed last week. A lot of people talking about NPK being nitrogen. Oh, yes. The nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium are the three macronutrients plants need. But anybody that opens a book on plant care and does a little bit more research will see that plants have six macronutrients. Yet the information out there that, again, the 90% are relying on, say NPK, which stands for nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, are the macronutrients plants need. And they're overlooking the value of magnesium, sulfur, and calcium. And that's something that you guys will have in your back pocket right. that'll put you ahead of the other 90% of people that are out there growing using only three macronutrients when in fact there's six. And there's still so much more yeah. than what I just said. And we learned again, today we learned about Phytophthora, right? Phytophthora, which is um, <laughs> a fungus um, disease that leads to root rot for yeah. plants. And I guess that's not really funny. I shouldn't be laughing at plant death. But it's so funny being a one, it's a hard word. And um, the beauty of a million drops is, again, and this has been a theme through these podcasts, that the space that's created there 
and the brilliance, right? And you said something really brilliant about folks that are unhoused were still people, right? And you've been learning that and you've been, can you speak to that? Like, the brilliance is firstly, there's a lot of talent there, including yeah. you, Scotty, um, with the technology that you even bring doing this. And I've seen the things that you've been working on on a week to week basis are things I've never done and nor will I ever know that I'll even get those skill sets that you have. You've got a lot of talents and I know there's a lot of people, all the participants in there have their skill sets that they brought with them, whether it came from their homes or through their careers or whatever else. But in regards to people, those are my brothers and sisters. Those are my aunts, uncles, and cousins. Those are my next door neighbors. And who knows what it was along the way that brought them here. An interesting thing I haven't shared with anybody, and it's something I learned just a couple of months ago from our city councilman, David Rue. And he said, there's on the top two most feared things in Los Angeles, the number one greatest fear, and I'm gonna have you answer this, Scotty. What do you think okay. most people out there are most fearful of living here in Los Angeles? Homelessness. No. <laughs> no. You're close. Falling palm trees? No. It's, oh. what, what would you think living in LA? Number one, greatest fear. Car accidents on the freeway. Okay, there is a lot of traffic. I'm gonna give you the answer okay. earthquakes. So, oh, really? so, basically, like natural disaster. Greatest fear, earthquakes. Wow. Um, the number two, you already got it, was homelessness. Yeah. And, and income wise, can you guess what income bracket is most fearful of homelessness? Uh, middle income. What's middle? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I'm bad with numbers. <laughs> 30,000, 40,000, uh, 60,000, 80,000? Like how much money? 100,000 a year. So 120 was the number. Really? People with incomes, $120,000 or less. Their second greatest fear is homelessness. And the fear is... $120,000 a year? $120,000 and a mortgage and a, you know, a significant yeah. other and a couple other kids. And yeah. there's no money left over in the event of any, you know, you know, if you get terminated from your employment for you know, a matter of weeks or a couple right. of months, then they too can end up being a participant here at a million drops. It can affect anybody. And that's why I say even your next door neighbor is here like when i see the people that are in this group i see my neighbors i see my family and um interesting story i've shared with since i brought my daughter here just a few months ago her first minutes here she whispered in my ear she's like daddy you know these people don't look homeless and this is the value of what a million drops is and this is like why i'm like just so excited to put any in as much time as i can here is that a million drops gives i like saying a million opportunities to the mm -hmm. participants that are here with showers, with laundry cleaning services, with food and nutrition, with books, with those artist paint materials, with, you know, those drama people, you know, instruction, you know, and, and, and there's just so many tools and so many um, skills. And there's so many, again, opportunities that a million drops offers when the majority of the people that are living their day-to-day -day lives with their jobs and whatever else, like, when is that homeless issue going to disappear? When is the city of LA going to clean this up? When I learned literally in a matter of minutes being here, that it's our responsibilities as neighbors to make sure that there isn't this homeless crisis happening within Los Angeles and that we work very closely with the government in making sure that the homeless needs are addressed, not just universally, but at an individual basis, because each of the people are different people, just like all the different people within your family, 
and the different people on your block, each of them have different skill sets and different opportunities that they can offer the community. And that's why I just see that um, a million drops just helps that interface between the community and those that are less fortunate to hopefully help bridge some of these differences. And you actually shared some success stories. I'm going to have you talk. I feel like I've been talking. Sure. Too much. Yeah. No but, worries. I'm. Oh, I listened back to these and I'm like, oh, Scotty, you talked plenty. No, I feel like <laughs> so I've talked too much. But share with me some of the like well, the happy stories. Like, well, the amazing thing for me, Charles, is back in my hometown in Southern Oregon. It was my dad. My dad did water systems, right? And and for years, because there's a lot of agriculture around where I'm from, and he'd been watching my Facebook page and he'd been watching the organizing that I've been doing here in Los Angeles at LA city college for like getting a garden there and getting people to buy into that idea. And then he watched me in Portland doing food bank organizing and stuff there and different things. And he really wanted me in my hometown doing that same organizing. And I ended up back there. And, um, when I ended up back there, I ended up connecting with a gardening educator and then the things that blossomed from there with the gardening organizing. And I feel like the same thing happened here. Like once I got out of my own way and I was like, all right, I got to get rid of the stigma of like just trying to get off the sidewalk and just be Scott again. Right. Rather than just run out and, and get a job. I need to embrace my creativity. And one of the things that I'm really creative about is bringing folks together and leveraging resources to make community garden share spaces happen and you refresh that knowledge in me like uh -huh. from these classes and and I remember it was a couple weeks ago I was going through a lot and some things had happened to me and you know we all have traumatic things and then things remind us of those experiences and I was going through one of those moments and I wasn't even going to go to the gardening class that week I was just going to skip it because I didn't want to be around anybody and you were passing out everybody's quizzes from the week before. And there was an A plus on mine. And it reminded me again of who I am. You are an A plus man. Right? You are. Well, because you showed up and you showed up so many times, even on days when I wasn't able to make it. Because the other myth about people who are unhoused is that we've got all this time on our hands. When really most of the people that I know who are unhoused are not just sitting around. Most of the people that I know do have jobs or are engaged in something or are learning something or are trying to better themselves in some way. And we're just all at different levels. And it just feels really good to be able to think about, yes, I do have a lot of skills and I do have a lot of things with gardening and I did have a gardening, you know, book collection in the apartment that I used to have. And this all reminds me of that. You know, this reminds me of all of these wonderful experiences that I had doing all of the gardens back in Oregon and now coming here and saying, Oh Yeah. That's right. That's something beautiful that I can participate in here yeah. at the space, right? Because I not only am a participant in A Million Drops, I'm not a member at Hollywood Adventist Church, but I attend every Saturday on the Sabbath. And I'm so engaged in this congregation here. And so in participating with you in this creating a food forest class and in the garden here at the church with A Million Drops and then with these trees and just the other spaces that we've talked about around the campus here at the church that could use some agricultural love, right? Yeah. Because it's so important to our space and engaging with our space and taking care of the plants that we plant and things like that. It just, it's meant so much to me because this isn't just where I come to the nonprofit. It's where I come to church and where I fellowship with 
one of the faith communities that I'm involved with. So it means a lot. No, that's huge. And it last, is huge. And last week when, <laughs> when you said, you know, I'm having a really bad day, but you just made my day with that A+, you in turn made my day. So it puts a smile on my face for hours and hours and hours after seeing the light in your eyes um, last week. So I appreciate that. And the other great thing that you said that, again, I think there's a huge disconnect with your neighbors being the community that, mm-hmm. you know, are, are hiding in their own homes and not getting involved with the homeless, you know, crisis as it should be defined here in Los Angeles is that a lot of them are working. And I've right. seen that myself as well as mm-hmm. that they're working, they're making money. And then again, the disconnect with the community is they're spending it all on drugs. And it's like, they're just is not enough money to still afford rent. Rent is extremely right. high. And with all of this, you know, construction for so-called affordable, you know, housing, it's not enough. If anybody spends more than a minute just doing the math, it takes quite a bit of money to make it here in Los Angeles. You know, there's other parts of the country where maybe you can live, but the people that are here have decided to be here just as I've decided to bring myself and my family here. And I'm going to be fighting tooth and nail to make it. And of course, there's going to be good times in life and there's going to be bad times in life. But during those bad times, the community needs to be there, The whether it be the city, the state, the federal government need to make sure that everybody, depending on whatever their skill sets and ability and mental capacity is or physical abilities are, somebody needs to be there to make sure that each person on this planet is taken care of for the rest of their life. It's totally why I came back to Los Angeles. My dad passed away in 2013, uh, right after we did our first garden at the food bank there. And we found out that the Oregon food bank, the statewide food bank was kind of, they were focusing on these church gardens and, and more sustainable ways than cans of food. And I told my dad about it and he got really excited and we started that. And then the church garden happened about the same year and things just began to grow. And after about four years, it's a small town, it's beautiful, but I grew up there yeah. and I felt like I'd done that. And I felt like I had, I had met everyone and I felt like I literally planted so many seeds that it was time for me to go back to what I really wanted to do, which was getting back to a place which I really do love Los Angeles in a lot of ways, but this has been something that I've cared about for a really long time since I was a gentrifier in Koreatown in 2000 and realized what that means, what gentrification is and what displacement is and how we just kind of move into neighborhoods and how I'm one of those folks that ends up being that first wave of gentrification and having that explained to me by people who were living outside in tents and getting to know their names and engaging with them and learning their stories for the first time and kind of having that moment and having my like, oh my goodness moment. And now being on this end of it and seeing the activism from this side, it's like, I didn't have to come back to Los Angeles, but I knew what was happening and I'd read about it and I had people talking to me about it and I thought, I can't not do this. I don't have money to go anywhere because I was doing nonprofit work back in Oregon. So it wasn't like I was rich. I couldn't just like, but it was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to go back and I'm going to work on this because these are people and it's not fair what's happening. And it's not fair that I heard an activist say on a NPR report the other day that giving them tents is just not enough. And I think what is enough is engaging with folks and treating people like human beings, right? Like you just said really well, because I, I know that when we do that, we start to then see that it's not just this hegemonic group that people have names and then people also have needs and everybody's housing needs look a little bit different. Yeah. And then as we get to know their stories, it becomes a little bit easier because 
then you become in community with the folks in your neighborhood and the folks around you and this person over here does it and everybody does it and then we start to support these folks and everybody gets to start working on rebuilding their social networks and gets out of their social isolation and then hopefully at some point is led back to housing if that's their choice because being housed in LA isn't always everybody's choice either. Of course and again that's the options that are available out there but at the end of the day people need to be respectful of one another. I think individuals deserve to have their space, but there needs to be some type of relationship between the community and the homelessness mm-hmm. where areas are not allowed to be trashed also. Right. Like there needs to be a, you know, a balance and a respect between those that decide to live the way they want to live, you know, in their designated areas where they can accomplish that. Right. And then the community that has a hand in it as well and not just, you know, watching to see what government does. Right. And, and I think a million drops offers that as a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, regards to Los Angeles and the value Los Angeles yeah. brings, and as expensive and costly as it is and as hard as it is to make it here, what Los Angeles also offers is opportunity. So again, you know, I could be living in, I don't want to name any other cities and states across the country that are cheaper to live in, but the opportunities are going to be far fewer mm-hmm. than, again, these people that are here seeking opportunities and those people that are working and, and trying to make it. So there's people that are, again, as you mentioned as well, and I've seen, you know, for myself that are employed um, and they're making a life for themselves, but again, just not enough mm-hmm. to put themselves into a rental, for example. And with all the talents that are out there and with all the money and the resource and the corporations that are out there, I hope in the very near future that there will be solutions that help accomplish those that are, are on all spectrums of financial abilities and functions and still able to create a home for themselves that is satisfactory to the community at large as well and not mm-hmm. you know having to live on the street or living on embankments or near rivers and stuff like that's not of anybody's interest even right. even the homeless don't want to like i see them when they come in and they're they're cold and i know um some of the managers of the program they're like there's going to be a lot of people here today because last night was very cold and i'm like i don't understand what last night's cold weather has to do with how many people come into the program the following day but there's a disconnect again with mm-hmm. how weather affects homelessness and right. an ability to sleep at nights. Mm-hmm. Apparently when it's too cold at night, those are nights that homeless people don't sleep. It's right. just a matter of survival. And it's like the community doesn't understand or doesn't see it and doesn't right. understand how can we help get blankets and tents out on the street. The issues is that a lot of the people within the community are like, how do we get rid of it? But at the same time, it's like, we need to care for these people too, whatever mm-hmm. it takes. And until systems are in place to help facilitate this, I foresee and I'm hopeful, and that's part of the reason that I'm here as well, is to hopefully see this change, I'm hoping in the very near future. Me too, and I believe that as more folks wake up, right, like like you're seeing, again, the, the it's people, and I just keep, I keep meeting people like you that are understanding that right that people have these needs and it's and rather than because i think it's really easy to get focused on again what's negative about people and what's wrong with people and when you're in this situation and you're experiencing homelessness that's kind of more the norm is what's wrong 
and rather than what's right. I don't think if we focus on that, I don't think we're ever going to get people into housing because we're always focused on what's wrong with them. So they're always going to live up to what we think is wrong with them. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of when you come into the garden in class and you use people's names and you talk to them and you look them in the eye and you engage with them and you give them a test and you ask them to show up too by taking that quiz, right? Yeah. And you let them know, hey, these are the things that are going to be on the quiz. Are you listening? Because yeah. I'm making this really easy. We're going to talk about five things. You keep it really simple. You break it down and you make it really easy for them to engage and they are and they're participating and it's really cool. No, it's so much fun. With all the nurseries that I teach at with the Ivory Organics products and just going there, I know that in those garden centers, like I'll ask them certain questions that I know that they don't know and I bring those ideas and those concepts here with the hope that whether or not you are interested in pursuing a career in, in, in gardening, I know that the majority of my family is repulsed by soil and dirt and, you know, and, and, and digging or doing anything related to plants. Um, and for me, it's been a hobby, like since at birth, like I just love nature. Mm-hmm. I've, I, the majority of my youth was, you know, with all the animals from rabbits to turtles to fish, like every single pet, even chickens I've had in, you know, city environments just because I wanted, like I wanted, I wanted basically a farm in my backyard. Yeah. And, um, and it was that passion that animals that somehow translated to plants. And somewhere in my high school years, it was like, it was all about the plant. And it was always just a hobby in, in, in my back pocket during my pre-med years, finishing law school, having practice. There would never be a landscaper at my house. There would never be a person that can pick my weeds because once all of my business was done, once all the family needs were done, all of my extra time would always go into tending and caring for the garden. And once my garden looked good, that meant basically in my life that all aspects of my life were good if there was time to now invest an extra hour or two into the garden. And I'm hoping, and I've seen through some of my education on YouTube as well as our company in just three short years has grown to become the number one garden product YouTube channel in the country. Really? Ahead of Miracle Grow and any of the other garden products that you see on your store shelf, all through teaching. But on my YouTube channel, it's me and the camera and maybe another person behind the camera, but I don't have an audience. And so what a million drops offers me, and you're asking me this um, a while ago was, you know, what do you benefit from this? And it's like, there's a lot of skill in there. There's people that have come off of farms from all across the country and they, and they bring those skills. There's scientists that are in there that, you know, like with an engineering background and and they're questioning, you know, some of my thoughts on watering practices and right. irrigation. And there's some off the wall ideas too, which I do as well when I've been students in class, like what if, you know, yeah. type questions. But it's... But they're engaged though. It's they're awesome. paying attention. And, and I feel like it's just sharpening also my personal skills. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm giving something of value to everybody that participates and how they apply it in life. We'll see. And that's why I'm here for the long run. Like I want to see how these things translate into maybe jobs. You mentioned Home Depot across the street, but the cannabis world is another one that is booming across the country. And again, the people that participate in this 10 week short course will have skill sets that'll put them, I feel confident in the high 90 percentile in regards to understanding plant care to do better than that first person that replies to a Craigslist ad or wherever else they're finding these employees that are working in these garden centers that don't know anything about putting a plant in the ground or in a pot. So um, those are the skills I'm hoping that those that participate here at A Million Drops will at least be empowered um, and I'll be there to stand behind them 
and you know recommend them and, and, and work with these centers to make sure that we help to employ as many people that are interested and maybe pursuing a career, you know, in that field. And even if they don't, they might end up like me. My hope, my pretty much my entire existence was it was just a hobby. So I'm hoping there's a lot of people I've also helped convert that didn't have hobbies or you know didn't really pick up something of interest and they started planting something. Just watching the reward of you know seeing a seed turn into a tree, you know, and then and then harvesting the fruit or planting a you know tomato plant and and reaping 100 pounds of tomatoes that season. You know, there's just so many ways the garden can reward you. And my garden has really been dedicated to, you know, watering those things that bring things of value back into my house, so, mm-hmm. including roses. So. Oh, cool. But the goal is, you know, to basically grow things that make you happy. And your mm-hmm. garden, and I've only realized this in just the last few weeks, your garden is your piece of art. You know, mm-hmm. this is something you've created. You're planting, you know, the trees in strategic places. You're planting your vegetables in strategic places. You're creating something when someone comes and visits your garden that should look hopefully appealing, at least to whomever is, you know, it might just be yourself that finds it appealing, you know, but it's your design. It's your masterpiece and, and something you've created. And it's another way to express yourself. It's a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So one of my other dreams is uh, to open a bud and breakfast one day. So. <laughs> well, I hope you do it. Yeah, some, someday. Maybe that'll be my hidden talent when I, when I retire one day. Uh, that's one of the really cool things, too. I'm glad you brought that up. The educational videos and the ways that, because when you go to the, how do you say it? IV Organics? So IV is like letter I. It's actually okay. named after my girls, and very few people okay. know this. My daughter's Isabel and Victoria, but most people see it as Roman uh, numeral four organics. Okay. Yeah, so. But it is IV Organics. IV Organics is how I pronounce it, yes. Okay, okay. All right, well, I did not know that. I learned something yeah. new on the podcast. <laughs> but when you go to the channel on YouTube, you've actually included participants from A Million Drops in the yes, education yes. process, right? Thanks for reminding me. We, yeah. We've done at least two videos, if not more. I think maybe possibly three. Yeah. Detailing some of the projects and some of the plantings. Specifically, I know we planted an avocado, a Haas avocado mm-hmm. tree here on the property using what I call the new era planting method. Something that, again, 90 to 95, if not 98% of the country do not understand, nor do they plant according to um, some of the methods that we talked about in that lesson. We've also planted an olive tree um, on one of the YouTube videos. And then just plantings throughout the garden, throughout the vegetable garden as well. So they'll get an opportunity if they're listening to go there and you can basically do a search on IB Organics, a million drops in YouTube. And you'll see those videos that we've demonstrated here on the property and meet some of those participants that are, again, your neighbors, yeah. your friends, and and get connected. I was the camera person for one of them. You were. You did a great job. <laughs> that was super that. fun. I had a great day that day, too. So what did that mean for you to include the participants from A Million Drops in the video? Because like you said, you do a lot. I look, looked on the channel. There's quite a lot of videos. And you have other folks. Like, And it was just like you were so engaging with people. What did that mean for you to include participants from a million drops oh that's it's, it, it's huge it, we planted that day and i know which one you're talking about on, on that specific one we planted an olive tree mm-hmm. and olive trees you know symbolize so many things including friendship and peace and being here at a million drops and having i think we had five or six participants all sharing one of the key tips to planting um an in-ground fruit tree and and them learning all of these steps and having a reference to be able to go back to the video and see what they planted. And the cool thing, and I don't know if everybody realizes it, but I just mentioned it, you know, in regards to the tomatoes and just, you know, reaping the value of the things that you plant within your property. But 
that little baby olive tree within a year or two is going to be transformed into something quite amazing. Mm -hmm. And the fact that olive trees on average have a life of 500 years, it's going to be here for Few, a few more generations to, to see it. <laughs> and we planted also a quality table olive variety mm. of, uh, of olives so that people will be able to harvest and bring that nutrition back to a million drops. And, and not just a million drops, it's for the community to enjoy right. too. Like it's a way to bridge the people surrounding the trees together. So yeah, yeah. When you beautify the space, as we saw in the garden, the lady who was sharing the garden space with us, I don't know if you I noticed that. that, right? And when we started growing things and we started and just weeded around the beds and didn't really touch her beds, but just cleaned everything up, she started becoming more engaged too. And I've learned this through gardening, being an anthropologist like I am. I've learned through gardening that people mimic behavior. And I had known that before, but I've watched it through gardening. When you beautify a space, the people around you then beautify their own spaces too. Makes sense. Right? And so as Agreed. we beautify this space and we beautify this campus, people in this neighborhood that are walking by and witnessing that, they're witnessing us beautifying this space, they're in turn beautifying theirs, whatever that space is. And the ripple effect, it's, yeah. it's just amazing. Thank you, Charles. What's next for IV Organics and for your gardening education, what are you looking forward to? So, I mean, we're obviously at week four of 10. So we've got six more weeks of, you know, lessons to share. At the end of it, we're going to be giving certificates to those that complete the the 10 weeks. And like I said, it will be followed with an endorsement by myself for any employment opportunities because I know they've graduated. And I'm keeping track of these lists of the people that participate. And we're also going to be making a generous donation to each of those participants as well to hopefully help them out. And then the other long-term goals is to continue planting the Million Drops property um, that we're on. And by adding some more, again, nutritious and valuable fruit mm -hmm. trees to the property, there's at least room for six to ten more trees that we're going to be bringing in in the course of just the next six months. So there's a lot of oh, wow. um, plantings to do there. And we've also got to get our summer garden underway, which not just summer, it's going to be our summer and fall, you know, garden that we're going to be reaping the harvest of. Again, those tomatoes, peppers, squash, and pretty much as many vegetables as we can possibly fill. We've got a lot of land to fill up. And I'm looking forward to sharing those results, which you'll also find on the Ivory Organics YouTube channel, because I just love sharing, you know, what we're going to create and we're going to transform it into food and we're going to serve delicious, nutritious and healthy you know, food to the participants here and, and hopefully keep their bodies, you know, strong and, and healthy and able so that they can, you know, accomplish the best that they can for that day and in, in, in that week. And, and hopefully all of us, and it's not just you, Scotty, but myself also, the goal is to just keep on growing. Mm -hmm. You just want to keep on making sure that today is better than yesterday and next week's going to be better than last week and, and just making sure things are getting better. And, and it just, again, Love the resources that are available here at A Million Drops and any and everything that this organization wants, they deserve to immediately have so that they can continue to give to those you know participants that are here to help accomplish the love that A Million Drops has that, again, a lot of these government functions lack. Mm -hmm. So that's the attraction that I have here by participating you know, in this yeah. organization. It's the interpersonal connection. It's all about building social networks, growing connections and relationships. It's all about real good stuff. Uh, I'm Scott Clapson. We've been here today with our gardening educator, Charles Malky. Yep. Thank you so much. Ivy Organics. Check them out on YouTube. Check them out on Facebook. They've got great education. 
and so grateful for Charles for showing up. Thank you to Micah, our executive director, and thank you to A Million Drops, DJ Cherish the Love. Check us out at amilliondrops.org. This is Real Good Stuff. I'm Scott Clapson. Have a great day. Bye. This little light of mine.